Hi folks, Father Columba here with uh, Little by Little. I'm a Franciscan friar of the renewal. So I've been wanting to want to say something about the Antichrist for a long time. But this talk isn't so much about the Antichrist, which is a fascinating topic, isn't it? But about the end of the world and particularly the second coming of Jesus. So there's just so many bits and pieces involved in this whole thing. But there's one particular aspect of this, which I find fascinating. It's rooted in St. Paul. And we also find it really clearly, shockingly clearly expressed in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on it. So we do believe uh, that Jesus will come again and that when he comes again, it will signify the end of time. Basically, he arrives, all of the dead will rise, particularly the saints, uh, those who have died in Christ, they will rise from the dead and then them and the entire church, all the faithful, will literally be taken up into the air to be with him and he will judge the living and the dead. It's going to be amazing, apparently. You never know, we might be there <laughs> or maybe we won't. Who knows? But there's this fascinating topic. It's touched on by St. Paul in the letter to the Romans, where he, he takes two or three chapters right in the middle of Romans to look at the question of Israel. Because in his day, more and more, they were rejecting the gospel and he was preaching the gospel to the, the Gentiles because city after city, the synagogue, some would believe, a minority would believe, but then most would say, no, we don't believe this. And they would uh, sometimes try to kill him. Lots of times <laughs> tried to kill him, actually. So he talks about this and he has this incredible love and passion for his, his people, for Israel. And he's very clear that God has not given up on his people, that God's election and his gifts don't stop just because somebody is unfaithful. God always remains faithful. It's really some really beautiful passages in there. Is it what, 9, 10, and 11, something like that, of the letter to the Romans. But check out what the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says about this in connection to Jesus' second coming. The glorious Messiah's coming is suspended at every moment of history until his recognition by all Israel. Did you catch that? Every single moment of history, his second coming is suspended. In other words, heaven is waiting upon Israel. Heaven, God, is waiting. He's not like, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. He's like, no, no, no. He's waiting for this until all Israel, and that's in quotes, they will recognize, recognize the, the glorious Messiah. It continues quoting St. Paul, for a hardening has come upon part of Israel in their unbelief toward Jesus. Now, fascinating. Now, St. Paul goes on and he says something else. He says that the recognition of the Christ by all Israel is itself suspended, waiting for something else. Again, Romans 11, where St. Paul says that all of Israel will return to the Lord or, or this fullness of Israel, which doesn't mean numerically every single one, but this at least symbolic number, is waiting upon the what's called the full number of the Gentiles. So it's almost like dominoes. Boom, boom, boom. So the, the coming of the Messiah, of Jesus, his second coming, his return, to be the judge of the living and the dead, is waiting upon, is suspended at every moment in history upon the inclusion, the, full, the conversion of the fullness of Israel, whatever that will mean. That in turn is waiting upon the full number of the Gentiles to come in. Now again, full doesn't necessarily mean numerically all, but rather the fullness of what God has decreed and what individuals respond to. So this gives, gives us a couple of things to contemplate. First of all, the mercy of God, his kindness. Once the second coming comes, that's it. Game over. 
but he so longs, as St. Paul tells us in one of the letters to Timothy, it's the will of God that all be saved. It is the will of God that all be saved. So God has this will, this desire, this longing, and this active moving and working towards the reality that all would be saved. And at every moment, God is giving us grace to respond to his invitation, to hear his invitation in our hearts and to respond. So this is his will at work within the hearts of mankind. So his great mercy then, even towards a nation, towards a people, towards a race, he had chosen Israel to be the the vessel through which the Messiah would come, the vessel through which salvation would come to the entire earth, that they were the gateway that he, he sovereignly chose. And he graced them and blessed them as he does with each person. He graced them and blessed them to bless everybody else. This is what we see in all charisms. A charism is a gift given to one person or to a group of people for the sake of the church or for the sake of the world. For example, evangelization. Some people have this particular charism of this for the sake of others, not for their own sake. And so too, Israel was given like the ultimate charism to be the the family from which the Messiah would come, the savior of the entire world. Uh, the entire world. And he has not given up on them and he longs for their salvation. And for us, that we should have this heart in us that's aligned with St. Paul and aligned with the Holy Spirit and aligned with the longing of God who longs for his people to come back to him. And we should be actively praying for that, brothers and sisters. We should be praying for that for everybody, that the whole world would come to know and love Jesus and accept his gift of mercy and salvation. And particularly for his chosen people, because that's his heart. That's what he longs for. And then, of course, that that grace will be released when this fullness of the Gentiles comes in. What does this mean? Well, it brings us back to our responsibility and our call to share the gospel to evangelize. So not only to pray and work for this, the conversion of, of Israel, uh, of the Jewish people, but also everyone around us. It's a wonderful reminder, in my opinion, to offer warm and gentle invitations to people to come home, to come home to the Father's house, whether or not they've been there before. If it's people in your family or work, we would carry with joy the peace of Christ. Just reading this morning, uh, this little quote, beautiful quote, can't remember who it's from, obtain Strive to obtain the spirit of peace and a thousand souls around you will be saved. And there's another somewhat questionable quote referred to, uh, attributed to St. Francis. Sanctify yourself and you will sanctify the world. Uh, so as we carry the spirit of Jesus and this love of Jesus in our hearts and we, we pour that out on people, it witnesses to them and it also prepares them for when we invite them to come to know that same love, that same peace, that same beautiful Savior. And then we practically do things. We invite them to things where they could encounter him, events where they could encounter his presence. If you go to uh, adoration, you know, to, to not be quiet about that, not be blasting it all over the place. But you know, if you have a curious friend, invite them sometimes. Like, well, I'm going to spend some time in the presence of God. Would you like to come? No pressure. It's not an event. It's just quiet and prayer. And they don't have to believe and know that that's Jesus. I know so many people who they've, they've been brought or they've randomly walked into adoration chapels and they just know Jesus is there. They haven't a clue about the reality and the doctrine of the Eucharist, but they just know Jesus is there. And these are people some who don't, aren't even Christians. But then when it is Christians, who again, don't understand the doctrine of the Eucharist, it's like, whoa, what's going on in that chapel? And what's that goldy thing with the white thing in the middle? And I go, oh, that's what we believe is the real true presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Anyway, that's just one example of a gentle way that we can invite people home 
invite them into his presence to encounter him so we don't have to do all this arguing oh you should become a catholic just you should come to know the love of jesus because he is love and why wouldn't you want to know him and and to follow him and to lay your life down for him and as we do that we're actually working towards the fulfillment of history brothers and sisters this is the purpose of history is the salvation of souls this is why you have a life it's not so well i think i'll get a job and i get work on my career as if my career is something <laughs> it's, a, it's a means to an end right what are we here for if not to bring other people to know jesus ourselves and bring other people to know him and love him and uh, yeah that that might become fulfilled so there you go a few thoughts god bless you bye bye